0: Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the not so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights we fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey! Come on, stick it in the Champions.
1: Goal. Champions. Come Champions. on, Tottenham, you the Hi, it's episode twenty six, season six of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, David Fornell from Sussex. Good afternoon. And Zoe Pearson from Watford.
2: Good afternoon, guys.
1: Hello. Right. This is the first podcast that we've recorded, um, since since our amazing victory against Dortmund. and. Um, under the lights at Wembley, 3-0. Um, what better place to start than talking about that wonderful, wonderful performance. Um, David, if I come to you first. Mm.
3: Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. We started off um, very high intensity. We were really up for it. Um, we were in their faces. and They, 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 they too were in our faces. We, they tried. But our passing game was very quick. And every time they pressed and tried to shut us down, that quick passing game bypassed that press and push on us. And it pushed them back slowly. Um, so it was it was very enjoyable from the start. And I thought, right, we're in this game. It's a high-quality game here. I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, the one part in the first half that particular was Mora's um, uh, volley, that little knee and volley. What a cracking shot that was. If only that had gone in the corner. But maybe we wouldn't have won 3-0 if it had, so who knows. But um, we did pick them off in the end, and what, two great goals. Two great goals. And where did they come from? From our wonderful left back. Oh, it was Yan. There we mm-hmm. are. Yan. What a cross. And it just goes to show, doesn't it? If you've got quality in those wide areas to come in, what an extra bit of ammunition that is for us. Um, and Son just pulling off, doing what Harry Kane does just pull off just in the right spot thanks very much and the commentators uh, oh i can't remember his name now um oh the blonde lad that used to play for leicester savage savage that's the one robbie savage said oh he he caught that on uh, on his heel no he didn't he didn't at all (laughs) he got that spot on on the instep it was beautifully placed beautifully placed um yeah and and that high in the second half. Once we got that goal, that high intensity, still quick passing. Um, didn't miss Kane, didn't miss Ali, uh, and Lorente doing what we know he does best. Just gets in the in the box, a nice little header. Thanks very much. Yeah, what a what a what a great result. And I have to say that after that result, you're sitting there thinking, right, we go to Dortmund. I can't believe we won't score one. And if we do, they've got to score five. Well, surely we're through. But as the days go on, you do start to have some doubts. You think, you know what? This could be quite tight if they score early. And then the doubts start to come into your mind. But I, I, I'm sure we've done the, done the job. And then if we can shut the game early in Dortmund um, by either getting a goal or, or establishing ourselves with a superiority by, by possession, um, we may be not... Give too much energy to the game and, and um, save ourselves a bit. you know. There we are Yeah. But
1: before I turn to Zoe, um, obviously you mentioned no Delhi, no, no Kane. Um, um It's one thing him playing at left back, but he was he was playing at left wing back, which is arguably probably more demanding, particularly you know given his age. He, he's, he's what thirty one now, and he's playing that high up the pitch, um, and he was superb. He was superb. Um, the the balls that he put in, um, and also the finish. Um, you know, that's something that I I think that you, you wouldn't expect normally if a centre back to, to have that technical ability in in his locker, but but Jan certainly does. Um, the other thing I just want to say about the um, the second leg is that. Uh, Whilst there's still a lot to do, I think at three nil we should be well placed. We certainly have a, a, a very good advantage, um, and like you said, David, I, I think that uh, whatever happens, I, I think we, we will score a goal, um, which will then put yep. a, lot, a, lot, a lot of pressure on 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 Dortmund to to, to get anything. It, it, it's a healthy position to be in, and uh, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's it's we're on the.
3: I could see, a, I could see a scoring first actually, and that really would finish the game off.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is, I think, the, the, the most pleasing aspect aspect for me is if you look at Spurs over the last few years, not just a Champions League um, sort of campaign. This is what I think the third in a row on a Pochettino, but even prior to that, um, in the Euro, in the Europa League, um, in the past, I think that there was a criticism of Spurs was perhaps they didn't show maturity in in some of these European games, maybe tactical. Um, naivety and uh, and it came back to, to bite you just contrast two just two years ago when we fell out of the Champions League and we fell in and, and we were in the Europa Cup and we had Gens lowly Gens and they got the be- better of us over t- uh, two legs that first that for first season generally we, we struggled obviously we struggled to get out of the group last season we had a, had a lot better season but um, Juventus got, got the the better us, better of us over over two legs legs in this season. You know we were on the back foot, um, losing to Inter, um, a game which we shouldn't have lost in the San Siro. Um and we we made difficult work of it. But we've got it out of the group and and we've got a fantastic uh, result at the first leg. So I, I, it bodes well. But I think overall it just just shows the progression that we've made um, in terms of our uh, European football. Zoe, uh, what are your thoughts on Dortmund?
2: Um, first of all, can I just say it was the most brilliant game to watch, um, especially that second half. I think the first half we sort of allowed them a lot of the ball. We gave them a lot of respect. We allowed, because um, there was a lot of hype going into this game about Jaden Sancho and what he could do, and coming back over to England and and sort of um, putting him on the big stage and watching and seeing how good he is. And yeah, he was good in the first half. You know, we you know he he looks a real talent and. You know, someone I think that Poch maybe had his arm when he was leaving City, but, you know, you know how our transfer dealings work out in the end. You know, it never seems to to quite fall for us. But um, second half, we definitely stepped up the pace. We put pressure on them. We pushed them further back. We didn't allow them to get forward as much. And that's when Jan started to dictate, particularly in that second half. And um, it just happened that the two goals we scored after the after the sunny the early sunny chance in the second half. They they were again they're both after the eightieth minute. So we, we do like a late goal. We liked two late goals that day, but um I was ecstatic watching that um on the T V. Um a lot of a lot of it was made um I, I noticed a lot of the press coverage was about how depleted Dortmund were and we weren't playing you know, they were missing a good few um players, they're missing the likes of Royce and Alcacer and this, that and the other. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but Tottenham were missing Daley Alley and, and Harry Kane as well. But, you know, you play the teams that you're that, that you given, and and um, they are the best team in Germany at the moment. There's no doubt about it. Bayern Munich has sort of fallen off the hill a little bit. So, it was a great um, accomplishment to be that far ahead. We've certainly given ourselves a good advantage going into the second leg. You'd hope that we could see it through from this point. I mean, I'm not I'm not not anticipating a little scare, and I, I hope we'll score. And I think you're right. I think we will. I think we will get the goal that will secure it. But we wouldn't be Spurs fans if we weren't if we weren't dreading it a little bit, even with a three-goal lead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it has to be it has to be signed, sealed, and delivered for us all to relax. I think, um, and, and I won't re- I won't fully relax until their final whistle goes in that second leg. And we and we we're through, and then then I'll breathe a sigh of relief. But at the moment, it's still half time, and anything can happen with a Spurs team. I'm I've been watching it for too long since to realise that now that you know you can't you can never fully relax with any of these ties. And I, and I think we'd be silly to 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 say yeah the tie is finished because I think once you get into that mindset, you 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 end up going to these places and not really showing up. I think you can just stroll it, and walk it, and and in the end, you know, clubs can shock you, and particularly the the leaders of the Bundesliga, if if anybody can can give you a scare and give you and give you a fright, it's 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 them. So I think we did really well. I'm so happy after the result, um, particularly after what happened the following day with them, um, our lovely rivals. But you know. <laughs> it there was one it was beautiful to to beat the, the the German leaders and then to watch them and get absolutely embarrassed in uh, Belarus but there yeah. we go <laughs> but a great game uh, great performance in general and Super Jan was my man of the match by a long 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 way
1: yeah
3: yeah, yeah.
1: i mean Jan stole the headlines son obviously got a goal as well um uh and I think Larice was was pretty solid his save in the in in the first half um I was right behind that and it, it looked like it was going in i i thought that that was super super um save and I think that was probably a turning point um but dear old um lorente i i that I was really pleased for him when he when he came off the bench and, he, and and he got the third one and he was just ecstatic I mean his, his celebration i the, it was so I know he I know he scored a few goals recently prior to that and and he's had a couple of assists, but that that goal, you know, bigger stage against Dortmund, um, really pleased for him.
2: It was a really important one, was it, that goal. It was a real important and it was like you know, it was like we were saying the last time I was on the pod. You know, it's about giving the guy minutes. The guy's done it at every single level. You know, he's played in international tournaments, he's played for the biggest clubs, um, European clubs. In You know, it was about giving him the the minutes under his belt and and changing our system to adapt to him and and, and seeing what he could do with it. And I'm I'm so pleased that he managed to, you know, make a difference in the games that we were missing, Harry, because, you know, for a long time, it looked like he was just going to be one of those um, Vincent Janssen's or Roberto Soldado's that we just sort of throw in and and hope for the best. And, you know... um, not just the Dortmund game, but particularly that Dortmund game. Was such a vital, vital goal that he scored, right? At, you know, right at the end. It was a real sucker punch goal. Like, you know, mm. to to go in to go into the second leg with a two-goal advantage would be, would be great. A three is, is is next level, isn't it? You know, yeah. We just got we just got to hope that you know we can hold on to it now, and and I, and I hope we will.
1: Yeah, I think I think we're we're, we're all in, a, in agreement that we should we should, we should have enough. Um...
3: Can you imagine the embarrassment if we lost it? God, we'd yeah, never hear the
1: last I, I, of it.
3: Yeah, we'd all go into hiding. Surely, <laughs> uh,
1: I think we're in a very good position, and, and that's all we can. It, it is half Um There isn't an, another game to be played. It's, yep. it's not. We can't start dreaming about who we might get in the ne- in the next round. Um, that'll happen if it happens. Um, but we're in a good position we've we've, we've done all we can which has put ourselves in a in a, in, a, yeah. in a in a good position and uh, yeah happy days um there was something else um i was going to discuss but it's it's escaped my m- mind so um should we just wrap up the podcast and uh call it yes. a day
3: quite right quite right uh, i've got my
1: Some,
2: head something else
1: something else you know what we'll, we'll just so the next podcast will be a week from now when oh no there was something else um burnley yesterday um, how sick and tired were both both of you all of this week uh, hearing various places on, on social media, people saying that if we beat Burnley and if if United beat Liverpool today, then the title's in our own hands.
3: Yes, football's lots, not lots, played on paper. Lots of media coverage, wasn't it? And they were building us up saying, you know what, if Spurs beat Burnley and, and uh, Liverpool don't get the result against Manchester United, it's in Spurs' hands to win the... Premier League, and you listen to it thinking, "Yeah, you have got to win every game. Win away at Man City. Win away at Liverpool. You're just building us up to knock us down." And and clearly, Burnley was always going to be a really good trip up. They've come into it, Burnley, seven games without loss, and and really found their form. You know, it's just oh, I I, I did go up there, but then, Jav, I've been up there um, to all these away games. With the similar trepidation of yeah, we could trip up here, and they and Spurs, bless them, have never let me down on all the away games mm-hmm. this season until yesterday, and they let and they did let me down. But I'm sure Zoe has got plenty to say on this one, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna let you g- have a go, Zoe. What do you think oh, of Spurs' oh. performance yesterday?
2: I, I no, I I gave you guys the warning yesterday that. But- you know yep. i was ready i was ready to rant last night i really really was and i and i pride myself on being able to come on these pods and look at things objectively and not get too emotional about things but yesterday was just a real sucker punch and I, and it's the first time i've sort of this season i've sort of had to come off twitter after a game uh, you know i can usually i can usually just about stick it out you know if if we've had a bit, a bit of a loss but yesterday i just I put my phone down. I just didn't want to know anything. I just want, didn't want to read anything. I didn't want to hear anything. I'm so annoyed with that that second half performance. And do you know, what? I was more annoyed about the fact that it was the the fact that Burnley looked like they wanted it more than us. How could Burnley look like they wanted that game more than us? You know, all that media coverage, and I get. It's to build us up, to to bring us down again. But surely the players must know. They put a performance in there. They're they're right in the mix with the title title contenders. Yeah, we might not win the title, but we will certainly have a, a say in where it goes this season. I have no doubt about that. But to come out in that second half and perform defensively, the way we did... i, I It's like chalk and cheese. I, I mean, I called them Jekyll and Hyde on Twitter. Tottenham is like Jekyll and Hyde. One minute with... I mean, look look at this podcast. We're, we're waxing lyrical about how brilliant we were against Dortmund. And then, it's, you know, we're back down to earth again with a bump against um you know, lower league opponents in Burnley that... You know, on paper, like you say, we should be turning over. But it's like you say, Jeff, football is never played on paper. But I was just more—I was more annoyed about the, the the standard of the performance. The standard of defending was shocking yesterday. Um, we looked all over the place. We looked all over the shop, and we were playing through at the back. I don't understand why Davis and Sanchez was out of the team. Don't understand that. Um, I don't understand why. Um, lorente didn't come on earlier than he did because we, we we had the game we, it, when we were 1-1 we had the game in our hands you know bring on lorente and and what have you and you know try and loft those balls forward but it's it kept we were just tying ourselves in knots defensively we we're trying to pay out these stupid little balls from the back and giving it away easily and ericsson and sonny were anonymous for long periods especially in that second half and you know, I've made a point about talking about my dad on Twitter before, and he's not really a football man, but he, he does like to sit and he watch, watches spurs with me. And after that first half, he can usually determine whether we're going to have a stinker or not. And he doesn't even like football really. But he said to me, he turns and he said to me, he said, that's a waste, a waste of 45 minutes. And he was right. It was, it was an absolute waste of 45 minutes that first half. We didn't do anything. We didn't, we didn't create any chances really. Um, I feel I feel bad. I've just ranted at you guys, but I, I feel like I needed to get it off my chest. And I'm trying to think of right. So you need to put yourself back into a positive mindset because that's how I always like to view Spurs. But objectively, um, the, the one positive I could take from it is the fact that Kane got back on the score sheet. You know, he managed to, after all that time out, put the ball in the back of the net, which is great. And hopefully, he can build on that. And I mean, I know we're probably going to come onto it later, but. I'm going to leave it with you guys to sort of elaborate on the, the refereeing performance. But the less said about that, the better. My goodness me. That first goal, I'm not going to make excuses because, you know, you don't want to throw your toys out the pram and say, well, it shouldn't have been a corner. But, you know, it shouldn't have been a corner. And, you know, they did score from that. And it made a difference in the game in the end. And, you know, you, you come away from that with the draw, even though we haven't drawn away drawn it all this season, you think, do you know what? We're lucky to get something from that game but we will take it. And unfortunately, it's a case of, you know, I've been waxing lyrical the last few times I've been on the pod about how poorly we've performed because we have, we haven't been at our best. We really haven't in the last few months, really. But we've been able to get wins, you know, going away to to Fulham and Watford and Leicester and we were, we were nowhere near Spurs. I recognised from, from, you know, early last season, we looked completely depleted in certain areas, but, we got the job done, and yesterday we played poorly and and got exactly what we deserved—nothing.
1: I think um, before we sort of analyse our own performance, I, I think that um, hats off to Burnley. I think they played very well. Oh, I think so there is, is there is there's I I've, I've mentioned this on social media. I think I mentioned this on the on the last podcast. There is, I believe, there is a direct correlation between. Uh, Joe Hart being dropped um, from the team and uh, Heaton being restored, um, in, 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 uh, and and their subsequent run of uh, victories, uh, and then then climbing up, up up the table, and that combination of Heaton or, or Pope, I think he, I think I believe he's still injured, um, either, either one of those two goalkeepers, and then with Tarkovsky and me, um, who who did so well last season as a unit. Um, that those centre backs um, in in front of either one of those goalkeepers. I'm afraid Hart is not the keeper that he was um, uh, several years back. Now um, I think his stock has has, has fallen somewhat. Um, they are they're a solid unit, and um, I don't think they were spectacular yesterday, um, but they were. And I, this is a comment I think David you you made to me yesterday on on the when we were driving back driving back from Burnley. Um, they didn't come and part the bus necessarily either, but I think they were they were, they were well organised. They defended well, and they were fully des- deserving of their victory. Um, we we weren't at our very best. Um, we had a few comments on on, on, on uh, uh, around the game um, from listeners: Merrick Wells, why? Just why? And <laughs> Gary Grover, are we bottle jobs? Um, on the first one, I, I think. Aside from what I've just said about Burnley being so well organised and fully deserving of their victory, um, we were... I think first half, there was a lot of situations where I felt we weren't playing the ball on the ground. um, And uh, there was a few scenarios where the ball was in the air, and then rather than bring it down, maybe chest it down, I suppose it's it's easy to say it's looking in the stand, um, and then passing it and keeping on the floor, we were just heading it back it would burn player would then win the header they'd had it it was just like a uh, sort of table tennis almost it, it, it was yeah that I, I didn't think was was good we, we didn't really ever have any control of the game I don't I don't think. I don't think winks who has been super by the way the last few games has was 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 at his very best um had a shocker that didn't help um I think yeah I'm I'm not a big fan of his. Keep saying that. I'll keep saying that again. And I don't think he he did particularly well. I think he was he was at fault for, for the second goal. Um, he should have kept it simple. I think his sort of kung fu kick clearance was uh, weird, unconventional to say the least. And and the first goal. And as you said, sorry. Um, yeah, it was probably not. Probably almost certainly it wasn't a corner. We know that. But the, but sometimes decisions are awarded against you. That that's football. Um, and we didn't defend that at all. That was just woeful defending and yet again it's another corner, another another set piece this season that we've conceded a goal from. I think both the times that we played Watford home and away, I believe Inter, Wolves possibly, um, uh, and yesterday and, and probably a few others that I, that I can't think of that we've conceded goals from set pieces and yesterday I looked at it and... Well, Again, I'm struggling. Was it a zonal? Was it zonal defending, or was it man-to-man? No,
3: it, was man-to-man. it was man-to-man marking. Well, it
1: didn't look like they. No. They, they did a good um, job there because you had Alderferald and 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 Foyt and Foyt just seemed to well, was there's trying your, to. Imp- imp- there's
3: your problem. There's your problem. Foyt is um, a sort of a mini version, maybe, of Yan. Uh, um, Uh, and Toby Baby combined. He's he's not a big lad. He's not physically imposing. He's comfortable on the ground, reads it quite well. Um, He's still young. Um, If I was the opposing manager and I could well imagine in the changing room um, in their tactics saying, you know what, we've seen uh, the Wolves game, you know, two late goals, balls in the box. They don't defend them. They don't like it. We've got Woods and we've got other lads that can come up. Woods, what is he? He's a battering ram. He's actually quite an old-fashioned player. It reminds me of old Mick Jones who used to play for Leeds United. Um, battering ram there. And Alan Clark used to be the sort of forward to take all the knockdowns, and that's what Woods is. He must have licked his lips, and then next thing he you knows, oh, I've got Foyth. Marvelous! But he didn't have to batter him. Foyth was nowhere near it. He'd sort of stepped forward, and it was over him. It is one of my issues. Now I'm sort of looking at it and keep looking at it. You're quite right, Jav. We keep conceding um, from either set pieces. Anyway, balls in the box. And and, and it is set pieces, corners or or free kicks. We don't have that imposing figure in the box. If you look, Liverpool have struggled defending over the last few seasons. And it's cost them big time. So they spent as big as it gets to get Van Dijk in. He's a good player. Maybe he's one of the best in the world, but he's an imposing figure and he'll win balls in the box and you'll think twice about it. Man City have done the same. Manchester United have already got their players. You need those big players. We don't have them. It might be. It's fine and dandy when you've got two centre backs who are like we call them Rolls Royces. They are absolutely quality on the deck uh, and there's no disputing that you know, they are the best in the Premier League at doing that. But when it comes to the aerial battles, the other clubs, and particularly like Burnley, who go back to basics at the very least and say, well, this is what we do. You know, it's either Mitrovic and Newcastle, he's another one, or Deaney. They all lick their lips. Well, I have some of that. I'll give them them an afternoon to worry about. We can't easily battle with it. So we've got to find another centre-back, in my opinion, in the window that is that imposing figure. And that allows Toby and Jan to be either side in a, in a sort of a five um, or one of them drops out or even Jan goes to left back. That will be my target now, because if we're going to go on from here and consider we're going to win the Premier League, of course, <clears throat> we're considering it. That's what we want to do. Defending is the thing to do. and uh, uh, We have no problems up front. We've got the best quartet there. In the country we don't have to worry about that only backups but i think we need that center back that imposing figure and that cost us yesterday it only has to cost you a couple of times if you turn around and said we, we we made it yesterday and wolves six more points we're right in there
1: is there a case for playing Dyer at the back who by the way didn't make the bench yesterday i think if i'm not mistaken or did he
3: no no he wasn't on the no, bench I don't think there is. I don't think he's, I don't think at the moment he's quite good enough uh, for that position. There's something missing. I'm not quite sure what it is. I, I sort of prefer him in front of the back line. Um, I, I, yeah, I think he's got more in it, but no, I, no, I, I, I mean, I, I, looking get back at it now and I, I didn't think much of him, but the, the lad at, <coughs> um, at Leicester, um, we missed but, him. Yeah. And 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 he'd be the one that I you know he could ball play as well. He's a big lad, wins a lot of headers. You know, they're not going to win every one. Mm. And we and and we, with him in the team, we will still concede the odd goal from set pieces. But you, it, it, he could save you um, four or five points a season, at least. I don't
2: midfield we missed him in the midfield yesterday yeah. they just ran straight through us they you know they ran from from Winks and Sissoko like they weren't even there at times you know there's we don't have that imposing figure like you say David even if it's just to stick him in, in front of the back four I mean I call Dyer a, a classic four and a half mm. in that in that he's built like a center half but he plays better in front of the the, the, the back four but almost as like a third center back but you, you know, it's it's, it's difficult with Di. The guy's problem is that he's so versatile. You can pretty much play him throughout that back line or in front, and it and it, it it's sort of it's almost hindering him being so versatile. because you think where where can where is your best position? Where can we play you? There's been we've been like, we've had this guy in our club now for what the best part of four years, and we still don't know whether he's a centre back or a centre defensive defensive midfielder. I've seen people debate that even now. And he's been playing CDM for the last what three out of the four, you know. Um, he was playing it right back at one stage, playing yep. centre back, playing in front of the back four, slightly a bit more further advanced when we're when we're when we're it's taking our set pieces. And he he is that unit that that imposing unit. I think that Pochettino likes, and and I always make the case for Eric Dye That you know when Poch came in. It's no coincidence that he that Eric Dyer was one of his first ever signings. So I think he looked at Eric Dyer and what he could bring to our team, which was, you know, that physical presence. That, um, you because know, we we signed him initially as a centre back, but you know, there was a big whole um, drama when when Potts moved him into that into that CDM role. Like, you know, could could he play there? And he's he's well and truly made that position his own. And and, and to be honest, after yesterday, you sort of think, well, there's obviously a reason why he wasn't in the team. I know he's just coming back from that from that appendicitis um, that he had. But, you know, to me, a more balanced Spurs team has Eric Dyer in it. Mm. A, mid- a midfield three of, of Dier, Winks and Sissoko at least gives you that extra body in there so that when teams do press at you they aren't just sc- scooting past Dyer at uh, sosoko in the weeks because they aren't gonna get in there like Dyer would. they're not gonna they're not gonna you know um, throw themselves into challenges they're just not gonna do it they, that's not their game Dyer can get stuck in and and you know you look at how defensively flimsy Foyth was yesterday and you think well even if Dyer's in the team and he's playing a little bit further forward you know we might not have been so exposed so easily
1: one thing regarding that imposing figure that you mentioned david and I, and I don't disagree with anything that you've just said um but previously when we played you know i'm going back a few seasons um when we had the whatever the best defensive record and, and we had a back four and and that was predominantly a center back pairing of the tongan and um and and Al Alverald. Uh, or when we would go occasionally with a three and at that point we didn't have Sanchez and Dyer would, would, would make up the the three with, with, with those two or even Dyer would sometimes play in midfield and then drop back in the course of the game and, and we'd sort of change formation within the game we had that adaptability Um, we still didn't concede as many goals from set pieces as we as we are doing at the moment is it just because teams have exploited uh, a, a, a weakness that perhaps they didn't see previously
3: yep, yep, we've been found out We've been found out. You've got to keep watching the videos, um, and you can see it. We d- we're not we're not that sort of um, battle hardened, are we? And that for, for that it, it, we're too classy, and that costs us. I've mean, been looking at, at all the teams, um, and Pep's brought this along as well. This this style of game now, which is um, play out from the back. So you want ball players, and that's that's the, the way all the top clubs certainly are going. And and it's a, it's meant the likes of Burnley, who can't compete. They can't buy those sort of players that are so comfortable on the ball, um, that can knock the ball around. The full-backs are so comfortable on the ball, they can play like a midfielder, a good central midfielder. They won't have those, so they play to a system and they've looked at what Pep does and what Poch does and, and then says, right, OK, we're going to have to let them have the ball. They're too good. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do is we'll have the imposing centre-forward buy a big one, send him up there because they have got weaknesses we'll grab a goal that's going to be our best route um and, and they've got the videos out and said look you know the spurs are particular ones they don't have a say liverpool and a, a laporte at uh, man city uh it's not so easy to do that with them they'll, they'll immediately stick those guys on you know uh, uh, on wood uh, uh, so to to try and cut that out and, and reduce their chances, but we don't, we don't have that availability. What I will say is that beginning of the game, and I'm, I'm not going to drink because that team was that team that started, don't matter if Dyer was there or not, that team that started was more than capable of making mincemeat of Burnley. They really were. And I watched them. I went down, actually, I don't know if you saw me, Jav, I went down behind the goal, um, watching the warm up. I was mm-hmm. really, really close. I almost got hit by the ball once as well. I just turned, turned sideways and nearly got whacked with it. But, I was watching them and I thought, you know, that they I, I had to watch them and see see their body language. And they were all working really hard in just the warm-up. And I thought, you know what, they're up for this game. I really did. They convinced me and I thought, good. Yeah, That's a, that's a 10 days off, warm weather, we're up for this. And then the ref blows the whistle to start. And as if, as if they'd been uh, hypnotised for the game and they were all wandering around slowly, this slow passing game, there was no intensity, there was nothing there. That was the problem. And as you say, they were playing balls up in the air when they should be on the deck and maybe vice versa. It just wasn't working. And, and Burnley were far more um, forward thinking and uh, they didn't park the bus. Um, I won't say that, but they did get pushed back by us, but they were comfortable. They were never under really any threat. They did. That was one of the things. Sonny had two or three players on him nearly all the time. If he, if he put his foot on it, he attracted just about three of them on it. They, they targeted him as, as the man to watch out for. And and it it clearly worked because he was, wasn't in the game, but at no stage, did we really look threatening enough? And there was that one save by Heaton, of course, which is a, a, was a world-class save, actually. I was right behind that. I thought I was right in the corner. When I saw the replays today, actually, it was about a couple of feet in, but still, was a remarkable save. Um, but uh, the only bright spot, as, as you said, Zoe, um, was Kane. And he, Apparently, and I was reading today, that he was ready um, 10 days ago. And he wanted to start in the Dortmund game because everybody was talking on the TV saying, well, I think there's a real risk starting Kane. Well, apparently not. He was ready for Dortmund and he was all up for it. And and uh, he was stopped. And uh, Potts wouldn't even put him on the bench, said, no, we're, we're going to give you an extra bit of rest. So he was more than ready and he looked more than ready yesterday. But it was quite interesting. A lot of people have said, I think some of the questions I wanted to mention it, that, you know, just because Kane started because it's disrupted us um, and that probably has a little bit about it but no matter what you bring the whole team wasn't up for it were they they weren't at it they Absolutely. weren't I, at
1: it i think that that's the underlying thing with, with, with yesterday we we can talk about um kane being disrupted to the side and and there is a question or questions on that um, which we'll come to in a minute we can talk about the 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 fact that sanchez wasn't at all in the squad and i can only assume my first reaction was maybe it was uh um, they have one eye on, on um, uh, the next two games of London Derby in, 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 in mind. Pochettino had an eye on those, but I would have thought he would, he would have made the bench. And also, do you know what? I think that Pochettino has a tendency to pick strongest players to the point where sometimes he will... If he, <laughs> if, if he can play all, all, all three of Jan, Alverhold and um, uh, Sanchez... He will do rather than go for a back four. He will, he'll go with a back three. So I was surprised that we went for a back three and it wasn't Sanchez and it was um, Foyt. I am um, if there was an issue with Sanchez and it was maybe a a, a knock that he picks up in training um, or p- passed a, or sorry failed a fitness test late on. Um, then I would have thought we would have gone for a four um, rather than include F- Foyt. So that's not I think Foyt's a superb player and I, and I really like him. But um, nonetheless. The team you looked at it at the start start of the game and we should have had enough on paper yeah. to to, to dispatch Burnley and we didn't and we were poor and we got exactly what we deserved just on ball playing centre halves um and I, I know that's a way to go and it's good and I and I and I, I do like centre halves that can bring the ball out and play and and Foyt is one of those at the club but if he sometimes he's a young man but. I know, and I know he'll get better over time, but, but there were a few times yesterday where he did seem like a liability and um, I think it was right that he got taken off. Um, his challenge, straight away when I saw that, I just winced and I thought, he's getting a red, he's going to get a straight red. Now, he, he got a yellow, I don't know, Zoe watching it on TV whether it, it was as bad as I perceived it in the stadium. Yeah.
2: It, it was a bad challenge. There's no getting away from it. it but it, it wasn't. It wasn't a red card. It wasn't a red card challenge. It, it was a yellow. He, he managed to put, luckily he managed to put himself out of the challenge, and um, it, that's why I think he didn't see a straight red. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was that um, in the Burnley side they they did something very similar. Barsley. Barsley, that's it. His was worse than Foyt's, so yes. uh, you know that, that tells you how bad that challenge was. But again. Referees. referee into, i'm not going to get into the referees because i'll end up just going on and on and on and on but um yeah i, I think you're right you know it it can it can come across that Foyth is a is a is a liability but you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna throw under the bus because yesterday was not just down to one player not being at it it was down to everybody not being at it so yesterday's performance yes it was disappointing and yes wan didn't have the best performance but it wasn't down to him that we lost. Mm. Um, so let's get that straight first of all. You know, to underline that point straight away. It wasn't just down to Wanfoi being in the side that that meant we lost that game. You know, I, I personally would have preferred Sanchez to start, but he obviously didn't play for a reason. And I don't think we're ever going to be privy to why Poch decides to put people in when he does, because he, he'll never he'll never fully explain his actions to why he does why he picks certain players over others and you know he's the manager of the club and 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 that's his decision and um he obviously felt that playing fourth was was going to be more beneficial than, than than sanchez yesterday which is why he wasn't in the in the squad um he is a young guy he's very young he's relatively inexperienced in the premier league you know i think there's a lot's made of when we bring players in from, from other clubs, so people like Lucas Moura and, and when we brought in Sonny and how, you know, their first seasons with the club were pretty sort of lukewarm Um and it took them a little while to find their feet in this league. Um But I think the problem with with, with, with somebody like Foyth who, yes, coming in from a different league, yes, like you say, Javon David, he's not very physically imposing at the moment. You know, he's still very slight and even though he's a centre half. Because he, he's built he's built like a he's built like a, a centre attacker midfielder. And yet That's, he's been played and yet he's been playing at centre half. He's you know he's he is for a for a centre back he is he is very slightly built. So you know it's almost it almost plays with your head that he's actually a centre half because to me, when you look at him training and that you would never I would never in a million years say that he was a centre back. But he, did, he, did, he, he started win.
3: He started as a midfielder in Argentina. That's yeah. where that's where he was. So, And he's been sort of converted almost to, to this centre-back. But I don't have a problem with it. And I don't okay. have a problem with him. Um, if he's going to pick up someone like Woods, and I think it was wrong. I don't know why he was. But the, also the question is, if he can't do that job, then you've got to ask the question about where he's playing. Because if we, we can't do that, um, My only, I, I think Foyth going forward is if we do get a bigger, a more, a more physical um, centre-back that can deal with someone like Wood, then he will stay behind covering. But that's the old back four uh, system. But, yeah, it's Yeah, I mean, to tackle... You're right, I saw it again this morning, and it was a... He, he just took off. He took off. His left mm-hmm. knee was bent, and the right foot was out. But then he did drop the right foot the last second, and it was... I mean, I was with You, Jan, and I'd looked and I thought, "Oh, is that going to be a red card?" Because it was an awful challenge. I've seen I them.
1: I've seen them given.
3: Yeah, I, I, winced. I winced too, and I looked at the bloke next to me, and I was, sort of, "Oh, blimey, what's going to happen there?" Uh, but I thought, in fairness to, to, to Mr. Dean, I thought it was the right decision on both Bardsley and because if 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 he'd given a red card before, he'd had to Given it to Bardsley for sure, but I thought he was right. I mean, all these, otherwise, you're sending players off one after the other, and it's too easily done. The game itself wasn't that bad, so it it didn't require, but I I think it was, um, yeah, just a very orangey coloured yellow Mm. in each case.
1: Let's Get through a few more questions. Um, uh, question on Twitter from Nate underscore Ha. Uh, that second half performance was awful. Kane's goal was an anomaly. We failed to create anything through our own play. ericsson has been in a bit of a dip recently, and with Son and Kane both quiet, we just had nothing going forward. Just an, an off day, or a bigger problem?
2: Oh gosh. Ah, oh. look. I I like to think it's not. It's an off day. Um, I will. I, in saying that, I will ignore the 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 point I made earlier by saying that um, <laughs> we we didn't play well against Watford and and Fulham and you know it's becoming a characteristic of our of our season that we're we're tending to leave things late and that's all well and good if you can get the victory but leaving things late and you know having to rely solely on a, on a good second half performance when that when that doesn't happen you're leaving yourself vulnerable to not only you know dropping points in draws but you you're leaving you're leaving yourself exposed for the op- opposing team because let's be fair you know you should never underestimate any opponent in in the premier league ever it, everybody is capable of beating anybody on their day, and I made this point to my to my dad yesterday. You know, you could be playing the bottom t- the bottom team in the league at this stage, and you don't put your chances away in the first half. You allow them to um, to dictate a little bit of play in, in the second, and one chance is all it takes to go from having three points in your hand to. To walking away out of the game with nothing, um, and I think that's just—I think that's just what happened yesterday. You know, we, we've been riding our luck a little bit, um, having to adapt with the in, in the side and, and going through that process without Kane, and, and, and having to sort of chop and change the squad a little bit. And you know, credit to Poch because you know he—he t- he does that better than any other manager with the resources that Poch has, the, the way he can get the team performing consistently over weeks and weeks and weeks. And yeah, okay. You know, the last few weeks when Kane and Ali have been out, we've had to we've had to be a bit more ruthless and had to sort of make our own luck and, and dig ourselves out of a few holes. But um, I, I don't I'm not going to go into it naively thinking that we were never ever going to come unstuck in that situation. And you know, after we didn't make any chances or put anything away in the first half, you're always vulnerable to to giving the opponent a, a little bit of a lift at half time. And, and and that's what happened yesterday. They got to half time, they was it was still nil nil. They felt they were still in the game. And credit to them. They came out in that second half and they and they wanted it more. Um, whether the same could be said about you know, whether it being a dip in form I think we'll have to have a few more results like this and a few more performances like this before we can really say that it's a it's a it's a dip in form rather than just a one-off occasion at the moment it's it's a one-off because it has it has been a one-off occasion um a few weeks time you know it might be a different story but at, at this stage i think it's just a, a one-off blip and and they'll try and do everything possible especially against arsenal and chelsea to try and put it right I, you know I, I i would hope that 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 this would be a more of a learning curve than 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 anything else
1: um Ken Goodrich, uh, he says, few, still, still no draws. Um, he also adds, and at least we didn't lose to a late goal from Crouch. I would have been inconsolable. Um, Peter Crouch didn't come on yesterday, but he, he was warming up and uh, was. Uh, he got lots of cheers from from the Spurs fans, um, and and he reciprocated and he's <laughs> claps back and, and and was very smiley and and, and cheerful. Um, he's. Uh, yeah, I would have liked to have seen him come on. Obviously, not not score a goal game game. That's that that would have been an even bit, bitter pill to swallow. But um, yeah, I've got a lot of time for Peter Crouch. Um, the referee. Um, now I know that we were poor and we we didn't really deserve anything out of that out of that game. But uh, Mike Dean made one or two questionable decisions, um, and then. Uh, at the end of the game I don't know what was said but um, they obviously said something which, which r- rattled uh, Maurizio and Pochettino is somebody who's very calm collected measured he's not somebody who's, who's, who's who has a tendency to lose his temper particularly with 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 uh, referees he's so statesman like in his approach but something was said um, which clearly rattled uh, Maurizio um, who what was said who knows um John Steggles says, how much was Mike Dean paid Merrick Wells? Should Daniel Levy just pay the rest asking price?
3: <laughs> I, it, 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 fortunately, we can't actually blame Mike Dean for yesterday's result. So as much as... But interestingly, as you, you said yesterday, um, nine out of the last 15 losses, Mike Dean's been in charge. And that, you know, you, you start to think, well... Uh, there there might be something in that. And I've said before now that he's very aware that he's seen pictures of him being mocked up with him wearing a Spurs shirt, if he's some Spurs supporter. And I do get that feeling now that he's overcompensating and punishing us for it. I really do. But I did see yesterday, I could see, um, well, not yesterday, but I saw it on the TV today where over and over, um, Pochettino saying to Mike Dean, you owe me one. You owe me one. You owe me one. He, he was talking about, I think, two things. One, the tackle on Rose or the foul on Rose and the corner. And, and he felt that we should have got more out of that. And it's a real shame because up to now, I've watched both Klopp and Pep um, losing their rag very easily recently. And I thought, good, they're under pressure. They're cracking. That actually... Is good for us, and I don't see with that with a gap we've got behind us, we should be relaxed. And I really thought that, and then suddenly, I get yesterday, and it looked like we're the ones more suffering from all the pressure mm-hmm. than those two. And that was a real shame. And Poccino, he then suffered, and and he he lost it going out there a little bit. He should have left it, but you owe me one. Now, what's trending at the moment, and I I don't you know I have no idea if is true, but the, the, what they're saying is mike dean as he walked away said to him you're out of the title race unlucky now that, that if he said that if he did so i've no idea but if he said something like or something very similar like that well i'd be walking back <laughs> i probably i probably <laughs> so wouldn't would
2: anybody. yeah so i would pro- anybody. probably
3: wouldn't be just pointing out the the, the the reasons why he shouldn't say what he's saying but i'd be very close to give him a right smack <laughs> i have to say for saying that but that's probably uh Know, it's true or not. But he is mic'd up. And I I hope that at some stage that's going to come out. But as a lot of people say, and, and I, I sort of do agree with him, that'll be hidden. And we'll never know what's being said, unfortunately. But I can't – look, we can't blame Mike Dean for yesterday. And I don't blame him. I, I was standing at the other end from that corner. And I – even at the other end, as one of the few things I said, oh, crikey, that wasn't. That's a goal kick. It came off the other – I could see it from the other other distance, but it's a shame they just didn't see it. We have to we have to mark better. Yeah,
1: I I think that um, it was good to see that level of passion from Pochettino. Um, I I disagree. I don't I don't think he showed signs of cracking under pressure. Um, I think that it was just. He was just being passionate and I think a- a- afterwards he in the post match interview he calmed down and uh he was a little b- bit more re- reflective. Um and uh I think mean, we, we we move on. Um as for what was said, who knows? Who knows? Um by the way, Mike Dean will be the fourth official on Thurs oh, sorry, on Wednesday when we play Chelsea. I don't know if that's a good thing, a bad thing, or will not make a jot of difference, but um Andre Mariner is a referee and Mike Dean will be the fourth official. Uh, Right, um, I think we've done Burnley to death. Um, Just very briefly, our next two games, Chelsea I just mentioned, on Wednesday and then the North London Derby next Saturday. Um, How do you see these games going, if I start with you, Zoe?
2: It doesn't get any easier than that, does it? (laughs) Two massive games, back-to-back. You know, we are... As I always say, we're, all, we're always more than capable on our day of, of beating Chelsea and, and also beating Arsenal. Um, I think a lot is being made now of this this Burnley result causing us to um, perhaps come off the rails slightly. Um, I hope that there is no bigger impetus for the players to get their heads back into the game than two massive London derbies because it's one thing losing to Burnley and that... And that sucks. That really hurt that, that, the performance against, against Burnley, but it will hurt a whole lot more if we don't show up against Chelsea or Arsenal. So, um, I think the players understand that. I think we have enough Spurs boys in our ranks to know what these two games means to us as fans. Um, Chelsea are not particularly playing well this season. You know, they're, they're having a few problems under Sarri at the moment. Um, but again, I think it's—I think it'd be foolish to underestimate them. You know that these 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 two clubs, the biggest game in their calendar is coming up against us. They the, the fans look for look for the look for the, the Spurs game, um, and you know they're 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 going to be up for it, regardless of how we are at the moment. They, they're Predic- both going to be up for it. Prediction. Ooh. Can I put out of a prediction? <laughs> I can't. I think I'm so. I'm so. Uh, the thing is, uh, at the moment, it's so hard to predict because it is so flip-floppy. You know, uh, we won three nil against Dortmund, and we and we've just lost two one against Burnley. Uh, it, how ca- how can anybody predict these games? I'm going to go for two uh, one um, against Arsenal, and probably. Two two against Chelsea. But you know again I I I I don't I don't stand with any conviction in those predictions whatsoever, Jav. I really don't.
3: Okay. David. I'm gonna be more upbeat about it because we do struggle against a lot going back to you know how we played against Burnley, but we do struggle against teams that that, that they know what they're good at. They know they're going to sit back a little bit um, and they're going to tie us up. Dortmund didn't do that. They have played a more open game. And every time, you know, you, you, just a couple of years ago, all the pundits were saying, yeah, Spurs, they, they, they don't beat the top six sides, you know, the random. Um, they're never going to win a title. But we are beating them now, consistently. You know, we, we, we're, we're trading with them. That's because we enjoy an open game that these teams play. So both Chelsea and Arsenal will not be parking the bus, I doubt. And, and they'll both play a certain open game. And you're quite right, Zoe. Both are not in the best place. I think we're going to win both games. I really do. But it may be by an odd goal. Hmm. But I, I and we'll look back and think, because I, I, I could just see that, that dichotomy. We're going to look at it and say, oh, hell, you know, we, we beat Dortmund. We lose to Burnley. We beat Chelsea and Arsenal. How does that happen? Well, it does. Mm. And that's what's healthy in football at times. I know it's not healthy for us. I appreciate that. But it is what's healthy for football because you don't know where uh, um, where these sort of results are going to come from. And with that in mind... You've not seen the end of all this mess. You know, you're going to see Man City and Liverpool and the others around us all dropping points, silly points as we go forward. So it's a lot of twists and turns to come. But I do think we're going to get I, I know I should, I'm being positive now but uh, and, and maybe sort of wearing a sort of heart shaped Spurs badge. But uh, I, I do think we're going to get both uh, results. <laughs>
1: i agree with you i think that we have a tendency not only to play better against teams who who, who play football at um uh but but also when we've lost in the past um we we do bounce back um and i think we're going to win both matches i'm not in the slightest bit concerned about either um i just jumping your head i think we'll also be I think we'll get something in, in 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 Dortmund, whatever that result is. But I think we'll get something, get enough to go through, and I think we'll beat Southampton as well uh, away. And then we've got this massive gap, which we, which there's a sort of question on that a little bit later on uh, in the second half of the pod. Um, and after that, who knows? But I, I do think that we we can actually put a run together and, and win our next three league matches. Um, and and I actually fully expects. City and Liverpool to drop some points in in that time and I think there'll be another twist and and, and the gap will narrow again slightly what will happen thereafter, who knows Um, right, Um, in the second half of the podcast we'll take more of your questions but before we do, here is Bex with this week's Spurs Ladies update.
4: Hi it's Bex so it's been a um, a good week for the girls in that they played midweek, they played Leicester, they played that game at Chesson and they came away with a 1-0 win the only slight difficulty was that it was at 19 minutes plus six. And it was a fantastic goal from Angela Addison. So if anybody um, thinks it's just the men's team that has a habit of leaving you to the last minute, edge of your seat, nail biting. Um, it's not, it's the girls team do. But apparently neither team do draws. So that leaves the league table nicely balanced. Those ladies are still top of the league. Uh, fifth, played 15, 39 points. With no draws. Um, and second is Man United. They've played 13 games and they have 34 points. So it is quite finely balanced. Um, but it's it still looks nice to have us top of the table up there. The girls' next game is um, at Aston Villa Ladies. That's on Tuesday, the 12th of March. That's a long way to go midweek. Um, at half past seven. And that's at Tamworth. Should be quite a good game. Um, people in the area, if you can, go and see it. Um, always good to go and support the girls they do have a fantastic away following and actually um a certain argentinian defender of ours was at the game on wednesday night so it's nice to see that the guys team are um there is a little bit of a link back to the ladies team too anyway that's me i am on twitter at bunches if anybody wants to know anything um until next week have fun cheers Bye bye.
1: Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Right, let's finish off with a few more questions. Um, John Steggles, Kane uh, back into a winning side. Um, although he scored, it may have uh, disrupted the flow of the team. We looked rusty off the back of um, the extended break. No one distinguished themselves today. Should we play every three days? And also, similar sort of question from Kent, Kent Goodrich. After today, I shudder to think how we'll play after the three weeks of no game this week. Uh, coming up in March, so we've got uh, after Southampton away on, on the 9th of March, we won't have another game because of the fact that um, our league game against uh, Crystal Palace uh, won't go ahead now on the 17th due to their involvement in the FA Cup, and then we've got an international break the week- weekend after. So the next game would be Liverpool at the end of, end of, end of, end, of, end of the month. Um, there was talk of their Spurs players going um, on a summer camp, a, sort of a warm weather type camp probably somewhere in the Middle East, or actually, I imagine Barcelona. They've done that in the past, uh, during that period of time. But um, just very briefly, Kane, I mean, I I didn't expect him to start yesterday. He started, and I discussed that earlier, David. um, And to be fair, he played well, um, and and, and he he got a goal, and and he he didn't look rusty. But is there something to be said for disrupting a a winning team, and, and also... Do we do we struggle? Do we struggle with these with, with these breaks? There's been other times where we've had a few breaks and, um, you know, we we think on, look we'll come back from it all fresh and, and and whatnot, but it actually seems to disrupt our rhythm.
3: It looks that way. I have to say, it, and I said yesterday that um, Kane coming back in. Oh, you know, we had to change our system a little bit for him. not sure we cope with it? But it can't explain all the things that we were doing wrong yesterday. It can't explain that. So I I, I can't subscribe to that um, quite. Um, But I think it's interesting every three days. um, I think we've gotten used to that. We've gotten into a rhythm. And I think it has broken that rhythm a little bit. And I say, I think it crossed my mind that because of the more intense warm-up, I think that's due to the fact we had 10 days off. And Pochettino was aware of it and trying to get us ready on the front foot to go for it. Um, I think he was concerned about it, so we're going to have to learn to do that, aren't we? I don't know what he's going to do with the so many days break uh, in March, but he'll have to find a way. And especially with Liverpool, but Liverpool got the same break, I think, haven't they? Because they haven't got FA Cup.
1: No, but they have. I think they have a Champions League game. Um, they have their second leg against. Uh, ah, right. Uh, whoever they're playing, Sabine. it's Bayern, yep. Whereas uh, we we played Dortmund at the beginning of March, so they, they I think they play the following week.
3: Yeah, I'm just looking at, but, Yes, yes, Bayern on the 13th. Thir- yeah, Bayern on the 13th, they're playing. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they've got. Uh, oh, they've got Fulham on the 17th, actually. Uh, okay, they've got. That's the right, because, yeah, they, they, yeah. they don't.
1: Yeah, we've got Palace involved in the
3: cup. Yeah. Yep, yep, got it. Okay. Yeah, so um, we're going to find a way, aren't we? I, I do think um, that had an effect. I, I'm afraid, I, I'm looking at it yesterday. There we go. Mm. <laughs> There you go, Zoe.
2: So, go on. Zoe, any thoughts? Oh, just, you know, again, it's, it's, it's the classic case of... It just bemused me, uh, particularly watching that first half, of how we can look like how, you know, we had 10 days rest, and, you know we were told, you know, don't run the players into the ground because that's why we're continually picking up injuries. The second we get, we get a chance to to put, have a little rest of time, they, they end up p- p- putting their a performance like that. I mean, it's just, it's hard to get your head around really, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. Maybe, maybe these are the sort of players that like to play on the edge, but, you know, at, at what cost? To the detriment of the side... You know, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to, to, to think that it's just a poor performance and, and hope that the 10-day break was nothing to do with it. But, you know, it's hard not to make that correlation, isn't it? You know, 10 days off and then we come back and we're slow to get out of the blocks. Um, right. Again, Harry Kane had a, had a longer break off with his injury, obviously. So, again, he's... He's slowly finding his form again and finding his sharpness. But again, it's like you say, it's about having that match sharpness and and uh, those extended breaks. Although they're good for the players to rest their bodies and and make sure that no niggly injuries happen. That we because we couldn't have got more depleted at one stage. You know, we were we were we were dropping players every week and that couldn't have kept happening. So you know, for for the longevity of our season and for and for the good of our squad, you know, I'll take a, a poor result um against Burnley in order to avoid having two or three players out for the next few weeks <laughs> that's 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 why the way I'm looking at it at this stage because I think I don't, I don't think we can look at it if it, look at it in any other way to try and put a bit of a positive spin on 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 the performance yesterday I, I you know I, I think that's that's the way we have to look at it
3: I think it's just as likely that we would have um, if we'd played a couple more games in between We'd have still come out with that sort of result against Burnley, and then would then the pundits would have said, you know what, Spurs are playing too many games; they look tired, they mm. need a break. Can't so win. can Can't win. Can't win. No, I I just think either way. So I, I know what they're saying, but you
1: know. I think um, we 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 discussed this yesterday, um, David, and you made the point that given the choice, I think we would take a break, wouldn't we?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Regardless absolutely. of what what what. Regardless of previous history, you know, I'd rather have a break than a whole load of fixtures. As a fan, a whole load of fixtures is, is, is great, but uh, I, I, you know, having a whole load of fixtures, back-to-back games, players picking up injuries, then you complain complaining about being tired, etc. I think um, if you can get a little little break when other teams are slogging it out and picking up injuries and and, and getting players back to sort of fresh and ready then then that's what you that's what that's what you'll you'll take um another question from kent goodrich i think we've thought sort of actually already discussed this It just says corner or not we should damn well defend it better you can't say the reason we conceded it is because it should not have been a corner yeah i think we've we've touched upon that yeah. um this one i don't know if it's tongue in cheek um Terran paminter is it a coincidence that harry starts and we lose well it. Funny you say that because the last time, the last league match we lost, he started against United, um, and then we've won every single league game since then until yesterday. Um, and he, he just says, "Surely we should cash in on him while we can." Um, I'm presuming Darren, that that's tongue in cheek.
4: Um,
1: I think we'll, we'll we'll park that one there. Um, Graham Turner, his Twitter handle is at Turner uh, In three of the last four seasons, we've reached. Uh, a moment where we could almost touch the cha- the champions elect and apply gen- and apply genuine title pressure, and each yep. time we fluffed our lines against bottom half opposition. And the moment passes. Why? Please discuss. And the S <laughs> word is not allowed.
3: Absolutely, it's not allowed. <laughs> go, away go, oh, you go, Zoe. You, you, you tackle oh. that one.
2: Oh, I, I wish I had the answers to this question because if I if I did, I I go up to the Spurs training ground and say this is this is the way we um we need to do, to play to get through it and, and this is what this is the ingredients we're going to need in order to um stave off the pressure and, and put a genuine and put a genuine title contention in. I, you know, I, I wish I had the answer to that question. Um, I I've asked myself this countless times. Is it a mentality thing? <laughs> is it? the standard of the players is it the quality of the opposition around us is it the fact that they've strengthened in the transfer window we have we haven't and does that make us then stagnate you know uh, there's lots of there's lots of things you can throw into the hat about why we end up in these situations And, and I think as fans we have to take a degree of responsibility for it because you know um no one likes to be cocky towards any fixture I, I certainly don't but i think uh, unfortunately i think that can come across as meant as, as sort of mentally um weak if, if you want to call it that um in in the in so much as that you know um the best players believe that they will win every game the best um teams that end up winning the league title win the league title because they have performed consistently over a season. Um, And I think that out of everything else, to me, that is where our Achilles heel lies. It's our consistency throughout the season. It's the fact that we're, we're having a podcast where we're talking about a massive game against Dortmund and how well we played and then how poor we were against Burnley. It's that flip-flop um, in, in terms of performances. It's, it's, it's going from, like, one extreme to the other. And these emotional pulls of, oh, my God, that was brilliant. Oh, that was rubbish. You know, in the end, that can get tiresome on fans. And, you know, um, we can only go into, into games hoping that we'll do well. That's all we can do. There's nothing... We can't physically go out on the pitch. And as much as we want that team to do well and perform, we can't do it for them. You know, a, a lot, an onus falls on the players and a, a lot of things are made at the end of a season. They say, well, could we have done this better? Could we have done that better? At the end of the day, you know, Pochettino has an influence in the dressing room. He has an influence in the club and his decisions are what uh, ultimately will take us forward. But the onus on the players is it very much falls on their shoulders. If you want to win a trophy, if you want to win silverware, then it's down to you to go and get it you know potpotchley Pochettino- can only hold their hand so far you know if 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 they really if they really want to make a title charge and they really want to go f- you know full full charge in, in in any sort of cup competition and end up with some sort of silverware to 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 underline their time at tottenham then it has to be down to them they can't be putting in performances like the one against crystal palace in the cup or um uh, yesterday at Burnley that those sort of performances have to be eradicated because the teams that do the best and the teams that end up with all the trophies are the teams that are the most consistent and go and and don't allow those games to creep into this into their season yes we've gone the whole uh the whole season so far undrawable but you know, at, at what cost? Do you know, I, I understand the fact that we it's, it's almost like a win or bust with us, but that is so disruptive to our flow. It's disruptive to um, the team. You know, going from a great result to a really poor one, it, it, mentally that is that is challenging to deal with. Um, you know, yesterday you think, you know, we always have been happy with the draw, obviously, but to, to walk away with something yesterday, you know, it, at least it gives that players that that uh, capability to go right. We we didn't play well, but we've got something, and we'll move on to the next game, and and it just allows that consistency to play through rather than these massive, great, big roller coaster turns in in our season. Uh, to me, that is the thing that is holding us back.
3: Well, what I would say is. Um... It's a very small margin. If I look at the table here now, um, we're all on 27. Or the top five are anyway. Played 27 games. Of that, Liverpool 120, Man City 21. We've won 20. So we're up there, but it's down to draws, strangely enough. Mm. And once again, I would say that it's a centre half. If that, if that, if I'm right, and I and I were able to buy a centre half and stick him in there, and we start to defend. Because you, you, won't, you won't need that big guy necessarily um, for the, the top teams. You need him for the, the, the middling teams. If we could get those few more points, if we can start a season better than we are and start broadly at the top, they're chasing us. That's the problem. We're always chasing and we're chasing too far. We're desperately reaching out each time. And it's that word desperation then comes into our game and it, that desperation came into our game yesterday and we weren't performing and we just failed again. We never got out of it. What I will say about yesterday, I don't want to harp at Burnley, but one up for the crowd because the Spurs fans were singing their hearts out that first half. We were rocking the place and it never transformed on the pitch in their play. And I was really disappointed. Second half, Spurs came out with the same lapsed day's gratitude and the fans went quiet. That was a real shame because we were the 12th man and we didn't respond to it at all. That's a real shame. I don't think we're very far away. You've got to remember we now played the last two seasons at Wembley. We're all over the place. There are now um, few players there that we're still unsure whether they're staying at the club always little uncertainties what i'd like to see and i don't you'll remember this jab chris cowlin was, was we were talking with him last season at brighton and he said to me do i think spurs are going to win the league now in the next five years after what's just happened the last couple of seasons and i said no i don't think so well actually i've changed my mind i really have because i could see us going to that new stadium and that new impetus that will come from that I'm heartened because I've seen Man City struggling and I know you're saying Zoe these teams but they all Man City did it against Newcastle just what we did against Burnley a terrible performance and it was and and they got done it's just how many times it's just how many times you get done and sometimes there's a little tweak here and there and that could get us over the line and I just think with that new stadium with a and that, that old saying, I'm sorry, that old cliche, just a couple of new signings, but we do need that this summer. I think we're going to be in or about next season. I really do.
2: Are we overachieving at the moment? Would you say we're overachieving? Because I hear that all the time about us. Only Birds because... are overachieving for the, for the resources that they've, they've got. Yeah. Are we yes overachieving
3: no. though? No, no, we're not because we've got the players. Those players <laughs> are not overachieving. We are because if you look how much they all cost... Um, it's a fraction of, of the teams around us, of their, their their teams and the squads. That's why. And yeah. possibly if you want to put into the wages. But as far as quality is concerned, I mean, how many times have you heard when we're, we're buzzing in the last three seasons, we're buzzing around? Soonest and, and the like have said, you know what, when you know, Spurs are winning and playing well and thumping teams 4 0, which we were consistently, yeah. you know what, I wouldn't swap any team for this team. So we're no. not overachieving. We are not overachieving. We are that good, but we're not quite consistent enough and it's not much but I think a little tweak and I know know Javid likes to hear these words about winning the (laughs) the Premier League but I I do think we're going to be, this season I'm I'm so surprised that we're doing so well considering all the troubles we've had
1: I think it's exactly that, it's considering all all the troubles we've had, I think think we are we are overachieving insofar as we don't have a stadium, we haven't spent as much as other teams etc etc etc, we're doing a fantastic job with that particular backdrop but but i'd agree with david we're not at the same time we're not overachieving insofar as in terms of the players that we've got that they are playing to their potential um they are playing really well and that shouldn't be a surprise um and uh in that respect it's it, it 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 we are, where, we are where we are, and it shouldn't, uh, it
3: shouldn't you, come as... A... You could argue some of the players are underachieving, in fact, and they did yesterday.
2: Okay.
1: okay. Um, I think to answer Graham's question, and I'm going to refrain from using the S word, but I'll use another word, which is the E word, experience. Um, I think that, yes, I think that the, the, the margins are very close, Um Five points and six points off. is still it's it's not bad, you know. Being third in the table, and for most of this season we've been third, and and only being that many points behind uh, City and Liverpool, and it could change. I, I do think the next next few weeks, it, it the gap could get could, could narrow once again. That's a very good position to be in, and it could and be little margins. Like um, if we had our if we had had all of our games in the new stadium, and we had that sort of White Hart Lane effect that we had in 2016-17, perhaps if we'd signed a few players then that could have taken taken us all over the line I think that's all true but I also think experience is a, is a big thing so where I think, I don't want to say the word failed but I think in the last, I think under Pochettino we haven't signed any experienced players, players that have experienced, we've, we've got the, Ix lads, uh, the likes of Jan and Ericsson and for Tongan who, who who won league titles in in, in Holland uh, in the Eredivisie, but we don't have players who have won Premier League titles and, and know what it what, what it is to win trophies in this in, in this country. Um, City have got that. Liverpool don't have that in the moment, albeit albeit they have a manager in Klopp who's won uh, trophies in 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 one of the top leagues in in, in, in Germany um, Liverpool don't have that at, at the moment and David will remember this um, and unfortunately um, Zoe you were a baby and that's that just makes me feel really old so you you wouldn't <laughs> remember this but um, back in 1991 1992 just a season before the um, formation of the Premier League um, United it was between man United and Leeds for, for, for the league title and United for most of that season were were top of the table um, and they didn't have the experience. They had they had Sir Alex who'd won uh, titles north of the border with Aberdeen. But as I recall, they didn't have many players. I don't think had any players in in their squad who who had any experience of winning league league, league titles. And much like Liverpool, they had Liverpool. It's twenty nine years for them at the time. It's twenty five years since or since they'd won the league title. So there was that weight of expectation and pressure more than I suppose us. And they were. They didn't win the league that season. They were the original, I hate to use the phrase, they were the original uh, bottle jobs. So they, they sort of collapsed towards the end of the season um, in, in April. Some of that was to do with they had a lot of fixture con- um, congestion um, at, at the time. Um, and I mean ridiculous like fi- fi- fixtures, like playing on a Monday and then playing on a Thursday, and then it just really short... Uh, uh, gaps between between games, and they didn't have the experience then to get over the line. The following season, they did win the title, and then the rest is history. And they gained that experience. So we don't. I don't believe we have experience at the moment. We signed Lorente, who was a World Cup winner. That was good, but he's not the greatest player, and uh, he's, he's, he's a r- wrong part of his career. And 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 you know, he's he's a squad player. Let's face it. So we can go out and buy an experienced player, which we haven't really done, or at some point at some point you can persevere with these players and they will get over the line just like united did in 92 and once that happens once you get that first trophy once you get that first league title you then gain that experience so i think that's something that's perhaps lacking um but saying all of that they've been we, we have improved over the, over the last few years and there have been games where um you know take that 2016 17 season when um, we finished second um, with two games to, um, to, 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 to go, and, and, and we we beat United at home in that final game um, at the Lane. And you know, I go back to twelve months before that when we were in second position, and we ended up finishing third um, with two games where we had two games left, and, and it was in our hands entirely. And we and we screwed up. Um, a season later, we we, we learnt from that, and we didn't make the same mistake. So I think we have learnt. Um, we've uh, right, at the outset of the podcast, I said, well, our, our European form has got, got, got better, and where it's mattered, the new Camp this season, we, we've gone and got results. Um, I know these are not the smaller teams that um, Graham refers to, but um, I think we have there have been little improvements along the way, but I think one, one thing that's missing is, is experience, and hopefully in time, um, we will, with this group of players, get that first trophy and get over the line and, and gain that experience. Uh, it's Poch's right, project um,
2: isn't it, it's Poch's project that's why he calls yeah. it a project that's exactly why he uses the word project that's exactly what it is, it's a long term it's a long term view to, to to ultimately get you know, get over the line in the end, but maybe maybe not immediately
1: um, I'm going to finish off with one final question, apologies firstly to um, Ricardo Healer Lee Taylor, and Mark Stoll, we will try to accommodate, um, address your questions in next week's podcast, um, but running out a bit of time. So I'm going to finish off with a question from Karim Confly, who says, completely different topic, having received the Spurs shirt for Christmas, so this is a fantastic book um, uh, that sort of documents all the Spurs shirts from the beginning of time um, for Christmas, and with the club having signed a very long um shirt deal with nike i have found their home shirts a bit dull since they are heavily templated um and then he goes on to say i really like the under armor era particularly the 16 2016 17 shirts um which and then he goes on to ask which are your favorites from history other than the purest lily white which is of course the obvious
3: well i'm going for the uh, uh... I, I, went, I went through the shirt. I had to remind myself, actually. I'm not so good at these shirt things, but mm-hmm. it's 2001, 2002, the Holstein. Uh, it's all blue, no red on it. So there's no mansion red and all that. So there's no red in it. It's fairly simple. I quite like that. Just a little bit of blue trim around the sleeve, the short sleeve and the collar um, Without with no floppy collar. That's mine. <laughs>
2: um, my one is the... 2011 home spur shirt, um, the one we wore, we, we had our, um, the first Champions League campaign. campaign. Um, I don't know if it's just because of the memories I have of that that makes that shirt particularly special to me, but um, I just, whenever I see that shirt, I just think of Rafa, Gareth, yeah. Defoe, King. Uh, uh, Dawson I just um, it was just it was a really really brilliant time I have a lot of I have a lot of lovely memories around around that period and, and going to the to, to the what Hart Lane and, and and those European nights and just that that one particularly stands out for me and there's a, a another there was a the, I think it was the following season the 2011-12 kits and and every single one of those i i very rarely have a, a, a chance to, when we when we do a kit release of, of all the kits being tick 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 but that 2011 uh, 12 one where they had the plain white um or or was it orasma asthma shirt there was yeah. a plain white one with a collar um there was the, the away kit was like a bluey purply color um, and then the the third kit was the black with the yellow stripe and the white stripe going across the top of the the shirt. I just thought all those kits were just beautiful. They were they were they were really a really good year for kits that year. Um, shame that the football wasn't as good as the previous season, but th- those two years in particular, the two uh, thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, uh, that the, the the kits were on the money.
1: Hmm. I I'm gonna go with. I fully agree with Kareem that the Nike ones are a little bit well they are not a little bit, they are heavily templated, they're not particularly original, I I did like the first season with the uh, the first offering um, that Nike had in 2016-17, I thought the white kit was good, I really like the away dark blue kit Um, if I had to pick one really tricky um not not necessarily my favorite kit because and i was really dead against it at the time although i did end up being a bit of a hypocrite and going and buying it um, <laughs> the, the 2015-16 kit this i first time i bought a spurs kit in a really really long while and this was a kit where it had that stripe or series of stripes going across um like in a diagonal along the front of the shirt right um, oh yeah I, yeah yeah, could yeah. I couldn't stand I couldn't stand it I was just like I like the minimalist look and for whatever reason I went and bought it um the only reason I was going to mention that was um uh, it's turned out to be a good season for us that was you know that was a season we were chasing um Leicester and okay yeah. maybe didn't finish off as a good season but it was still memorable for, for large parts of that season um and therefore uh, I think that always helps. Looking back at kits re- re- retrospectively, you associate it with a particular time. Um, but if I had to pick one in the sort of modern era, um, I'm going to go for sort of 1991, around about that time, probably because that's when I started sporting Spurs as a kid. The Hummel kits um, with Holston as a sponsor and Gaza um, and Lineker I associate and players of that of that time, Mabot, um wearing that shirt and 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 the the run to the fa cup final we we wore that kit in the 91 semi-final victory against um against woolwich but unfortunately in the final um the we changed it and we uh, umbro were the new manufacturers for the following season um and we sported this completely different kit which as a child just threw me um and uh it, it was just weird watching watching the players um playing that kit and what was at the time we'd gone from the Hamel kit which was short very short shorts sort of 80s type shorts to um what's yeah looked like a bigger shorts and a baggier kit and that cup final we started off I mean I hope everyone knows the history Gaza's reckless ch- challenges and a challenge on, on on Gary Charles and 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 then his subsequent uh uh, knee injury and, and Stuart Pearce scoring from the resulting free, free kick we started off woefully that day and I just as a kid I just remember attributing it to, to to that kit but um no the one prior to that in the run-up to the FA Cup final the Hummel kit with Holston as a sponsor was as my I suppose favorite of the modern era um but that's just as I was growing up and that was that's the first one I, re- I remember as a kid right um That was a very long podcast. Um, The next podcast will be recorded a week today, the day after the North London derby. Um, We'll obviously discuss the Chelsea game in the middle middle of the week, the Arsenal game, and and, and we'll look briefly ahead to Dortmund and and take more of your questions. Um, But until then, firstly, thank you, Zoe.
2: Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, David.
1: Thank you, David. Thanks very much. And until next week, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night.
0: Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the base are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low and nights we fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey! Come on, Tottenham, us, stack it in the, the goal oh, Come games. on, Tottenham, the base be so bloody show. You are the you first team, team the last team my dreams have ever seen Pull on that white and, lead, and run on do to do that green Oh, we've come seen them come, go. we've seen <laughs> them go, the name's up on our shirt the Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out all the herd